This is Real Estate News with Kathy Fedke. In this Real Estate News Brief for the week ending January 28th of 2023, what's happening with inflation, a new surge in foreclosures, and the affordability of renting versus buying? I'm Kathy Fetke, and this is Real Estate News for Investors. We begin with economic news from last week. The latest report on the cost of goods and services shows that inflation is cooling off. The PCE index is the Federal Reserve's preferred measure of inflation, and it shows a tiny 0.1% increase for December. That reduces the annual rate from 5.5 to 5%. When you eliminate the cost of food and gas, the monthly increase was 0.3%, with an annual rate that's down from 4.7 to 4.4%. PCE stands for Personal Consumption Expenditures. We also have a new report on the GDP. The government reports that the gross domestic product grew at a solid 2.9% in the fourth quarter of last year. That's after a reading of 3.2% in the third quarter. And two negative quarters, of course, in the beginning of 2022. Economists generally believe that we'll see slower economic growth in 2023 due to all these Fed rate hikes. The rate hikes are meant to slow the economy and help bring inflation back down to that 2% level. The National Association of Home Builders reported on the housing share of the GDP, which is lower than normal due to the constrained housing market conditions. The NAHB explains that two housing market components that contribute to the GDP as the Residential Fixed Investment, or RFI, which includes home building and remodeling. The second component covers housing services like rent, utilities, and the cost that owners would have to pay if they had to rent their own home. For the fourth quarter, the RFI was 4% of the economy, while housing services accounted for 11.9%. That's a total of 15.9% of the GDP. Historically, the total is 17 or 18% of GDP, with an average of 5% for the RFI and 12 to 13% for housing services. Weekly jobless claims are down again to their lowest level since April. Weekly initial claims dropped another 6,000 to a total of 186,000. Ongoing jobless claims were up 20,000 to a total of 1.68 million. Several companies have announced layoffs, but that hasn't had an obvious impact yet on jobless claims. New home sales were slightly higher in December. The Commerce Department says they were up 2.3%, to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 616,000. Year over year, they're down 26.6%. New home sales hit a peak of 1.04 million in August of 2020. Mortgage rates were down a little bit more last week. Freddie Mac says the average 30-year fixed rate mortgage was down two basis points to 6.13%. 15-year loans were down 11 points to 5.17%. And as a reminder, Mortgage rates basically follow inflation, and because we're seeing inflation come down, we'll probably continue to see mortgage rates go down. Foreclosure rates are rising once again, but have not returned to pre-pandemic levels. Adam Data says they more than doubled in 2022 compared to 2021, with a 115% increase. In 2022, there were foreclosure filings on 0.23% of all housing units. In 2021, foreclosure filings accounted for just 0.11%. Back in 2019, before the pandemic, they accounted for 0.36% of all properties. So foreclosures are still very low. Adams' Rick Shargas says, 
government and mortgage industry efforts during the pandemic, coupled with a strong economy, have helped prevent millions of unnecessary foreclosures. If you'd like to hear my interview with Rick Sharga, you can do that at my other podcast, The Real Wealth Show, or go to Real Wealth's YouTube channel, where you'll find recent webinars where I interviewed Rick. States with the highest number of foreclosure starts last year include California, Texas, Florida, Illinois, and Ohio. Foreclosures hit a peak at the height of the housing crisis in 2009 and 2010, of course. Back then, almost two and a quarter percent of all homes went into foreclosure. Research from Adam Data also shows that renting is now more affordable than owning in 95% of the places where most people live. That's a complete reversal from last year, when it was more affordable to own your own home in 60% of the markets that were analyzed. Rick Sharga also commented on the change in affordability, saying, What a difference a year makes. The study was based on the average three-bedroom rent compared to owning a similar-sized home. And as a side note, when you look back to a year ago, there were still a lot of people who didn't realize that the Federal Reserve was going to raise rates all year long, even though they said they would. The only place where it was more affordable to buy than to rent was in Cook County near Chicago. Homeowners in that area typically pay 40% of their paycheck for housing, while renters pay 38%. If you'd like to learn more about investing in today's rental housing market, check out our virtual live event on February 11th. It's an all-day event featuring 10 property teams in 11 markets and one commercial broker. They'll tell you what's going on in their markets and what kinds of deals they're finding. You can find out more by joining Real Wealth for free at newsforinvestors.com, and then you can register for the event. If you miss it, we'll have some of the sessions available on the Real Wealth website for a replay. But if you want to see all of it, you'll need to attend. Well, that's it today. Check the show notes for links. And remember to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. I love reading the reviews. So thank you. I'm Kathy Fetke. Thanks for joining me here on Real Estate News for Investors. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to newsforinvestors.com.